I want us to pray for maybe a few seconds again. What we prayed earlier. But I want us to pray it this way. That Lord, may I grow in grace. Not to pray that Lord, I, I receive this. You have it already. Hallelujah. You have the grace to love. For the Holy Spirit shed his love abroad in our heart. But there is something we need to pray, which the Bible says at the end of Peter, Second Peter, I think, or First Peter, he said, Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you pray that again and say, Lord, I will grow in grace. I will grow in my identity. I will grow in my nature. I will not stay stunted. I will not stay a baby. I will grow. I will grow. I will enjoy the things of this kingdom. I will enjoy the benefit of this kingdom. I will enjoy life here on earth. I will enjoy your mercy here. I grow in grace. I grow in grace in the name of Jesus. Lord, all the people you need to put on my way to teach me the word of God. All the things I need to do. All the situation you need to put me for me to grow. I pray, oh God, you will help me. You will help me to grow. You will help me to grow. I receive understanding of the word to grow. I receive understanding of the word of God to grow. Thank you, Father. We bless your name, Lord. Amen. Sincerely, we're in difficult times. There is no part of the Christian life that can be lived by any other power than the one God has given So, if you want to live victoriously, then that means you cannot use any other power either than the power. When we're talking about the power, we're talking about grace. Amen? We're talking about that ability of God that he has given unto us. To enable us to do that which that is only God that can do it. Amen? Maybe let's, uh, we're going to continue from where we began. Um, where we began last week, we're trying to talk on or to understand the things we should know before we get married, for those of us that are not yet married. Um, what you should know before you get married. And we began last week by first understand that through this uh, journey that we are going to consider first and foremost the foundation of marital problems. That is one of the things that anyone who is not married yet ought to understand. Because that's where it began. And we have acknowledged last week that there are marital problems. And we have listed them. And we have seen a lot of them. But then, 
we want to understand the foundation because we don't want to catch the leaves. We don't want to just be, we, we want to get it from the root so that we can address the root problem. And then we said we will look on why marriage was instituted. Already Pastor Costin earlier uh, told us that when purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. So we want to see that because we have to dig to understand what is in the mind of the one who instituted it. And then we will look at some attributes because we, we said we can exhaust them, some attributes that are key, required in marriage or required for success in marriage. Then we'll look at the model for Christians in marriage and then we end with questions and answers. And I want us to, before we continue from where we stop, I want us to read this verse again. Two verses, the way of introducing something. Genesis uh, 1 verse 31. And I want uh, my beloved brother, like he did last week, to help me. Genesis 1 31. We'll read two scriptures and Colossians 1 16. Genesis. Thank you, man of God. You are making me feel high, high. <laughs> Amen. Okay, Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, listen. Last week we saw that the good way to read these passages of scripture is that what the accounts given on how the marriage takes place in Genesis 2 did not happen after this verse. Are we together? We said man was created in the sixth day and the marriage occurred and it happened and then God now said verse 31. Are we together? So if you are reading, you read Genesis Chapter 1, verse 1 to 28, and jump, don't read verse 31, and jump and enter actually chapter 2, verse 4, and finish it first to the end. Then you now return and read that 1, and then chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Hallelujah. So that's how to read it, we said. Colossians chapter, and so what I want to note here is that at this point, including the marriage that God instituted, it is now what? Good. Are we together? Yes. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. Maybe start from verse um, 5. Sorry, verse 15. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Uh huh. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Now, in Genesis 31, I'm very, sorry, uh, 1 verse 31, we saw that, and he looked at all that he made, what? Me. Right? And he saw that they were good. And then now, we're looking from this verse, Pastor Fred on Sunday taught us 
some things and he touched from even upper Sunday, he touched on other scriptures. For example, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through him, all things were what? Were made. Without him, nothing was made that was made. Are we together? Now, here in Colossians, he's telling us something again. That I want us to underline that word. All things were made by him. And for what? By him and for what? Now, when you connect it with Genesis, including marriage. Uh -uh. Are we together now? Yes. So, including marriage, they are made by him and for who? By him and for who? And for him. That's where we are beginning. So, marriage is meant for God because it's a creation of God. We saw that Christ, all things were made by him and for him. Once you take a, that concept out, you are already failing. That's where it's key and important. So, last week we talked about a lot of things and particularly we saw some of the problems. Uh, we outlined some of the problems like uh, this. And we saw there are a number of problems, of course, some of us. We just say that we can summarize most or almost all the marital problems in this uh, broad groups. And then we said it either has to do with faith issues, or money issues, or sex issues, or children issues, or relationship struck communication. And we say most of these marriage problems, we can put it here. Either you are disobedient, you go and marry someone who is not a believer. Now you see it's a faith issue. Or whether you are already, both of you are born again, but you are not eating from the same pot. That means to say that, for example, you are going, uh, this is not sarcastic because I love the body of Christ. Let's say you are in a deeper life, or some, some of us who know deeper life, you understand? And then your spouse is in, um, Let's say or Celestia or something like that. You see, you are too far away. You will certainly have doctrinal issues. Certainly. So you can't escape problem. Because if you must do well, both of you have to eat from the same place. And we say you have to clarify a lot of doctrinal issues, even if you are in the same place. Because you have to, you have to bring things in harmony. Because you are coming from different backgrounds, one of the issues you have to settle is this. Before we even come, you already, already by now, know that these are issues that all of you have to harmonize. Hallelujah. Now, and then we talked about issue of money and all that. We talked about issue of sex. We talked about issue of children. Many of us don't care about that one. You understand, we're in a system whereby some don't want children, actually. And so, or you just keep, I you know, uh, 
in your mind, you are keeping that. No, I need to, I need to give that to you, the disciples of Jesus. <laughs> and, and your wife is coming that she needs just only two children. And you didn't talk. You are thinking 12. That's the difference of 10. There's a problem. Amen. This has collapsed a lot of marriages. Amen. So, what we, we, we're trying to see that now, we, and we saw how man sinned, and then, um, yes. So, and we saw how man sinned, uh, the sin we read about the sin, and how all it happened. And then we also discussed, this is where we stopped, we were discussing last week, and we said that the, in marriage, God instituted a structure. And we said this is not um, strange because in everything God has made, there is a structure. The church has a structure, and that's why even the structure of the church, Paul will say that the prophet and the apostles are the one who, what? Are we together? Are we Bible students? Yes. You understand? And then, any other distinct come, we have different giftings. Are we together? These are structures. They give us structure. So, and anybody that comes has to understand that there is a leadership in church, and there is this, and there is a way the things are being done. God is not saying that when he instituted a structure, he's saying that the pastor is superior to this or that. No, no, that's not what he's saying. Are we together? It's an election of grace, and there's nothing you can do about it. And even the pastor, why he becomes a pastor is not because he was, he was the most righteous person. Are we together? Because when God actually uh, chooses us to do any other business, we didn't end. Like salvation, we don't end anything. We didn't end your purpose. We just treated purpose last. When God, you are just discovering your purpose, you understand? And probably you are to take the district to be an evangelist, and everybody know you around the world. That doesn't mean you are successful. More than somebody who got assigned to be an usher in one small place of a church who is 10 members. You see, the same God that put you there is the same God that put them there. It's an election of grace. And that's why Paul was saying that it doesn't matter what you do. Are we together? What matters is that each of us does the work. Are we together? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He said, each of us does the work in which we were assigned. You understand? He said, Apollos, do what? He said, I saw Apollos watered, and who gave the increase? And that's why you cannot glory on the increase, because it's not you. Did you understand what we said? Because it's an election of grace, and so that's why we have to be careful and teach well. So when you come into marriage, it's the same thing. There's a structure. It does not mean that the man who is now the leader, that he is more favored than you, you understand, who you are partners. Remember, that what we saw in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, he said, and God blessed them. Did he say, and God blessed the Adam? Did he say, and God blessed them? And he does what? He now commanded them to do something. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And subdue. Is it only the man? No. So that means they are to be co-workers. That's the essence of God. They are to be co-workers in stewarding the creation. So, that's what we are we stopped. Unfortunately, 
we saw that Satan was against this structure. Was against this structure. And that was why we saw Paul was making this argument in 1 Timothy chapter 2. And he now said that, question, why he said that a woman should not absorb authority. The key word there is trying to rule, trying to be the one at the head. He said, no, I don't allow, allow that. Why? Then he gave reasons. And we saw two reasons why he gave. And they are one and the same. Because he said, he said, this and is not this or. He said, this and. First, we saw that, that even the way God made their bodies speaks of a spiritual truth. And we saw that the reason why he does not allow that, he said that because man was made first. So in God making the body of a man first, he already introduced that man should be the leader. Are we together? But we thank God for the Holy Spirit. You know, when we are reading Genesis, we don't see it that way. Now he's revealing to us. The second thing he told, he said again, which we saw is that he was not saying that the devil. Now, what the devil did now, in Genesis, when you read, you would think that he went, or even when you read this scripture, I just carelessly, you would think that the devil went to the woman because the woman was an easy target. No. That was not what Paul is trying to tell us. He's giving us reasons why the woman should not absorb authority, you understand, over the man. And that's why he said, he said, because there is something the devil wanted to do. He wanted to change this order. He wanted to change this structure. So he went to the woman and deceived her. Are we together? And we said, for these reasons, we saw and we said, ah, ah, ah. So that is the reason why the devil went to the woman. And then we saw God again. And God cannot fall to the trap of the devil. So when he was coming to ask for accountability, he didn't go to the woman who sinned first. Are we together? He went to the man who is the leader of that team and said, man, where are you? Are we together? And later we saw again that God told him, because you listened to the voice of your wife and ate from that which I told you not to, is for this reason. That means there is a responsibility you're supposed to take not to agree with the terms the woman is bringing to go against God's law. So, that's where we stop and we say that anytime you change the structure of God, there is a chaos. Our safety, our enjoyment, our liberty is in agreeing with what God have instituted. Amen? So, um, this is where we stop. Now, let's continue quickly and establish that. Now, I want you to read from Genesis chapter 2, verse 23. I want us to see the impact of sin. The impact of sin, particularly on the marriage. Now, I, I, I want to I want to forget about any other things. I'm focusing on marriage. Amen? Yes. The impact of sin, yes? Okay. Amen? So you see, she shall be called woman. This man just saw her. He greatly valued her. 
He saw her as intimately part of him. Are we together? He didn't, have, he didn't see her far away. Well, look at what happened after sin. Yes, sir. Genesis chapter 3, verse 11 to 13. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, wait, 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 wait. You see, that's a question God asked. Who told you I'm naked? Have you eaten? Has he not eaten? Wait, has he not eaten? I have eaten, sir. But look at what he did. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Wait. You see that? Now he started to do what? To blame an accuser. The woman you gave to me. No, it wasn't my problem. No, I didn't just eat it. She was the one. Yes, sir. Verse 20. Yes. The question is that, why is that necessary? That's the question I was asking. Was it necessary? But after they, they had the marriage, and that scripture was just calling her woman, woman, woman. Are we together? But why is it necessary to give her another name? That's the question. Of course, as you know, I call my, love, uh, my wife, my love, my queen, you understand? And you see, the day you hear me start to call her, Mama exploit. <laughs> you see, you know there is a problem. Now, because that name gives a distance. Are we together? It creates a distance. Now, something is happening here. Without anybody telling you, you know that you see, something is happening. Are we together? So, what, what I'm trying to say is that, for that even, for me, it, it has pointed something to me. So, what we are trying to see is that, I want you to read this, which is one of the one of the biggest scriptures and one of the eye opener that God opens my eyes when it comes to the impact of this issue of marriage. Yes, sir. W which version is that? NIV. Okay, read it first. Read on that first. Read the NIV first. Yes. Okay. Uh huh. Now. Yes, that word for many years I didn't understand it. Your desire shall be for who? For your husband. I used to think that the woman would start to be crazy for the man. You know, that's, that's in my head, that's what, what I was thinking. You understand? Until I was taught in that scripture very well, I discovered that no, 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 no. That is not what it meant. I want us to read two of these script, I mean, scriptures that capture it. The meaning of that place very well. You understand? NLT. Is there NLT? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Hey, hey, wait, wait first. That word for your desire shall be for him. What that means is that you will desire to do what? To control him. Yes? But he will rule over you. So there is a control. There is a rule. A man whom God has assigned as a leader now turns to a ruler. A woman whom God has brought as a partner 
to be able to see what creation together now has her vision now, her purpose now, her tongue to control. This is where the pain of marriage starts. Where's that scripture? Again, yes, you have that? Yes. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your desire shall be what? Contrary. Now you have you have built competitors instead of partners. Sin have now created people who compete against each other. Is that what we see in the world today? This is the beginning of what we call patriarchal nature. Male dominance. This is where it started. That was not the intention of God. Manipulation. This is where it started. Abuse. This is where it started. And these are consequences of sin. And I want us to see something. And just like I said, remember this scripture? God wanted them to be partners. To dominate, to rule creation, not to rule one another. God has never called any of us to rule anyone. You are not called to rule a man. Are we together? If you do that, that is witchcraft. Even up to today, God has not called us to rule any man. In this kingdom, Jesus has to reiterate it again to his disciples that the greatest among you must be the servant of all. What do we see? They seek to dominate and to rule each other. To control. Now the, the result we see is tyranny. Is beating. Abuse. You are useless. Your mother didn't teach you well. Insubordination. Who do you think you are? You are a stupid goat. Sexual manipulation. If the man wants to have his duty, you know, I don't give you money. I didn't give you money I have to give you first. See that? That is manipulation. What we call sexual manipulation. If you learn Jesus very well and you get into marriage, you will not have God. This is where we are going. Because if you don't understand condition from here, you will have fault. And then, what do we see? I want us to compare these two scriptures. I want to connect you, tell you what sin comes in and does to the DNA of man. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your desire shall be for your husband and you rule over you. Yes? Yes? Now, he's talking, God is talking to Cain now. Right? Yes. Uh-huh. 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 
Okay. Did you see the connection? Sin is desiring to have more. Now, when sin comes into the life of a man, that's what he does. He deliberates to dominate. But the Bible tells us in Romans that sin shall no longer have dominion over you. But you are doing well. We are what? Now, what grace comes to your life to do is avert, is to destroy that dominance, that mentality of, of perversion, that mentality of, of dictatorship, of manipulation, of ruling people. That's what grace comes to destroy. Because when sin is, in, is ruling in your life, what happens is that Every now and then you see every man you want to dominate. Because what is in you, what is working in you is what we call the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death. So it's grace that gives us freedom. I love this one of my critical, wonderful parts. For sins shall no longer have dominion over me. For I am under grace and not under law. Hallelujah. Listen, the law cannot, cannot be the solution to sin. In fact, if you want to know the wickedness of the law, eh, brings sin will, will scatter sight. Want to go read, read, read that scripture for me. Let me show you so that you don't live by do's and don'ts. You don't live by the law. Romans chapter 8. You don't live by the law because when you live by the law, you will ever be struggling. You will ever be dominated because this sin, this fleshy life, it destroys, it, is com it, it makes the law weak. You will say, I will not do this. <laughs> Why is that doing Amen. Yes, from verse 2. Uh -huh. Of sin and death. Uh -huh. What the law, wait, wait. What the law was powerless to do. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. It was weakened by the flesh. Remember, we have been talking about flesh. We've read about flesh. One of the product of sin. You understand? It was weakened. So once you want to weaken, that's why there's no law you can give for yourself that that flesh will not weaken. I tell you the truth. So you are in an utter confusion and frustration when you want to live when sin is ruling. That means you will make all the resolution, New Year resolution. Easter resolution, <laughs> Christmas resolution, all the resolution, and the thing will just <laughs> Amen. That's okay. It's okay for me. Now, I want to tell you the foundation. Now, this is a foundation. Now, the foundation of marital problem is sin. 
until you have dealt with sin, you have not dealt with the problem of marriage. Until you have dealt with sin in your life. Until the consequences and the power of sin is no more in charge in your life. You have not dealt with the issue of marriage. With the problems of marriage at all. So what we see in the faith, the money, the sex, the whatever, as the one who causes havoc in marriage is no, it's not that. That's what we just see. The, the main culprit is and two things say great. We have what we call the power of sin. We have what we call the consequences of sin. The power of sin is locked up in a law. We call it the law of sin and death. That's why you have not understood the cross, then you will live under the, the dictates of your flesh. What that have means is that you can be saved, but then you are frustrated because it's not working. Now, until you have understood the cross and, and the power of God, and then it is appropriated, that grace, if you have understood how to walk in victory, and you are walking in victory over sin, once you are walking in dominion and in victory over sin, and when I mean sin, I mean all of it, over sin, over the flesh, over the world system, and over the devil. They walk hand in hand. You can't say you have overcome sin and you are afraid of Satan. No. The same grace that empowers you over sin, over the flesh, over the world system, over Satan, once you are free, from the power of sin, then you are free to live a wonderful married life. But as long as one thing or the other is found in you, you understand? You are still struggling with flesh, whether we steal it. You are still struggling with lust. You see that? That's, don't, don't say that. <laughs> no, no, no. That means when you get to marriage, you will still struggle. Are we together? Because something has not happened. You are still struggling with forgiveness. When you get to marriage, you are in danger. You are still struggling with, 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 with the issue of, 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 of relationships. You understand? When you get to marriage, you are in danger. You are still struggling with the issue of humility. When you get to marriage, you are in danger. You see, the problem is not those things we have been mentioning. The problem is sin. Once a man has dealt with sin, he has dealt with the issue of and problems of marriage. I have been praying that we will understand this truth. Because then you will understand why we are insisting that your life must be correct. Because when you do that, you just save your marriage. You just save actually your children. Because when you have dealt with the problem of sin now, you know, all those things we keep to do, and we are in the flesh, you see, it's a time bomb. You better deal with it now before you get into it. Because now nobody knows it. Once you enter marriage, it will reveal it. Marriage is a revealer. It's an amplifier. Me, I'm telling you, you know, I'm not, I've run away from choir. We know when you add the, <laughs> you understand? When you, when you add the volume, you understand? And these uh, great people here will just amplify the voice. You see, like now I'm talking. Telling me when I do like this. 
Now, just amplify the problem. But thank the Lord, my voice is not a problem. <laughs> Amen. So, the problem we see today in marriages are actually a reflection of the problems people have in their Christian life. Oh, glory to God. It's a reflection. It's a reflection. When you fail in your Christian life, there is no how you will succeed in marriage. It's not possible. I have said this even, I have said this over and over. That there is no how you will live victoriously as a Christian. And you will not live victoriously in marriage. Because this is the truth. Victory in marital life is not different from victory in Christian life. Because you are a Christian in marriage. Are we together? And when you live victoriously in your Christian life, you will live victoriously in your marital life. So marital decisions are not part. You understand? They are not something different from what you take decision in day-to-day life. You get what I'm trying to say? I might be taking decision about money now, just in a group now, because my wife is here. But that doesn't mean I've not been taking that decision when I was alone. Are we together? If I am greedy today, or sorry, if I was greedy yesterday, you understand? Do you, do you expect that marriage will cure my greediness? No. Of course. That means what we are trying to say is that when you are making decision of marriage today, or when you are not yet making decision of marriage, if you are making sound decision in your Christian life, that means you will make sound decisions when it comes to marriage. You know, when I hear so many people say, eh, it's by luck, you understand? It's by luck, you understand the one. Maybe if you are lucky, you will get the good person. You see that kind of maroon comment? No. Please, I want us, because God is helping us and to deliver us from all those statements that have, I mean, have hooked us somewhere else. First, I want us to know that now your commitment now before you get married is to be a sound believer. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is to learn how to love. Is to learn how to communicate well. I've asked many of us, go and enter among people. On Sunday, you understand? Meet, immediately say amen. Begin to meet. <laughs> how are you, sir? How are you, sir? Even if you are shivering, be shivering and be saying, how are you, sir? Learn it today. It's not tomorrow. Learn how to relate. Learn to forgive. I told so many of us, I said, if you come, yes, last week we talked about it. The church is a place to provoke it. He said, you can imagine. I just went to the church and look at how they are treating people. How do you want people to be treated? When you go to the hospital and see sick people, are you surprised? What is the meaning of that? is a place of help. And people with issues come here to be helped. So don't just come here and expect, hey, no, she will not do this thing. Why is she doing this thing? I thought she's a Christian. And so? You see that? So, but if your ideologies are right, 
and you learn to forgive. You're already aware, and scriptures have not hidden that to us. You already said, give allowance. Tell your neighbor, give allowance. That means you are to expect that this brother is going to hurt you. And already have given allowance, even if he does it and he didn't even say anything to me, I already have an allowance. Now, when you have learned that, there's no how you enter marriage and your wife wakes up and maybe she was busy or sometimes she didn't uh, uh, greet you. And suddenly your village will, will rise up. <laughs> you know, there are so many nonsense some of us have in our heads. As a man, you just cross your leg, your wife should come and keep the food. And after you finish the food, you cross your leg again. She should come and pick the, the, the plate. And all. your village is on to you. You see, if you have not dealt with all those problems of sin, you cannot expect to do well in marriage. And that's why if I see people having all those issues, I already know they had a problem with their Christian life already. Therefore, the curriculum, oh glory to God, for victory in the Christian life is the same curriculum for victory in marriage. It's not different curriculum. So forget all this. Don't, see, if you want to succeed, oh, you better leave all those things, uh, five ways to succeed in marriage, in three ways to succeed. You see, Pastor Fred told us about this scripture. All scriptures are inspired by God. And they are profitable for what? For doctrine, for correction. Are we together? So that means every day as you are living, you are coming to scripture to be corrected. You are coming to be scriptures to be taught. Doctrine. You are coming to scriptures, you understand, to be, to be, to be adjusted. You are coming to scripture, you understand, to be trained in righteousness, not in the ways of evil. So we don't use the scripture to defend our errors. Are we together? We don't use scriptures. Because some of us, the only time we know how to call that scripture, woman, eh, eh, submit your, to your wife, is only in money. Didn't the Bible say you should submit? The problem is that you have problem with understanding. Yes, it says that. But we are, you are using it for the wrong reason. Because you are using it to manipulate and not to use it for training in what? In righteousness. It is for training in righteousness. He said that the man of God, that the woman of God, that the child of God, you understand, will be furnished, will be equipped unto good works. Unto good works. Including the works in marriage. Unto good works. Every good work, he says. Every good work. Remember when Paul wrote this scripture, he was referring to the Old Testament sacred writing. Are we together? But I want us to read this scripture. I want to connect it to tell you that the New Testament is also scriptures. Because, because it's a scriptures means sacred writings. That means something is sacred. Are we together? Yes, sir. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait. I want you to underline that word. As they do the other scriptures. He didn't say as they do the scriptures. He said as they do the what? The other scriptures. That means the writings of Paul. They are also scriptures. It's just that as they do the other scriptures, also they are doing with these other scriptures, which are the writings of Paul. So we, we can, by the authority of this, also consider all sacred writings, the entire Bible, as the content of our faith and of success. So I have heard some of these statements. You understand? Please leave the Bible aside. Let's talk about the reality. Of marriage. This is almost stupid way. I mean, this. Yes, I'm telling you. Sincerely speaking. Because how can you say you should leave the curriculum aside and let's talk about it? What is reality? Between something that is temporary and something, when the Word of God talks about the issue of this word will never pass away. Are we together? Which one do you think is a reality? The one that is temporal or the one that will not, will have to be, everything will have to be. Some say again, when it comes to marriage, separate it from the gospel. Separate it from the gospel. I've been trying to make sense of it, but it's not making sense. How can you separate the one who instituted it? How can you separate that product from it? That's why some of us in the media, we go here and there just doing sentences. I mean, you listen to all sorts of rubbish. So if you have learned the word of God correctly and living in obedience, and when I mean living in obedience, you know sometimes we talk about the issue of faith. Everybody just catch up and have that. I live by faith. I have faith that tomorrow I will see a car. No, you didn't have faith. You have foolishness. Because faith just means walking in obedience to the word of God. Simple and short. If you are a person who is living in obedience to the word of God, it means you are a man or a woman of faith. As simple as that. And again, you are living in humility. There is nothing as humbling. I mean, no, not as humbling, as humility as a man who accepts the word of God and live by it. I've never seen a proud person like a religious man. A religious man is a proud person. Because when you reject Christ and reject his work and reject scriptures, what you are doing that you are rejecting God and you are a proud person. To be humble means to accept what God has said in his word and to live by it concerning it. Amen? I tell you the truth, you take humility. Because sometimes what you have known will collide. 
you will struggle, struggle to get to the ability to throw away your own and you walk with Amen? So, what am I trying to say? You will live victoriously in your Christian life when you walk in obedience to the word of God. This also means it will be very difficult for you to fail in marriage because marriage is part of the Christian life. Just like we say, don't separate it. Are we together? Lastly, when you learn prayer, you learn faith, you learn walking in love, you learn to walk by the Spirit and in the Spirit, you learn sanctification, you learn forgiveness, you learn justification, you learn contentment, you learn submission, you learn service. Remember this, I'm not talking about women or men. So don't be pointing at women when they talk about submission. Don't always point at women. When you learn all this, diligence, compassion, speaking with grace, and speaking words that lift, you learn giving. You learn to work with the wise company. You learn accountability and purpose, as some of us don't want to understand. We don't want to at all. We don't want to hear that we are under anybody. We want to go anywhere we want to go and return back at any time we want to. We don't want anybody to tell us anything. It's a disaster. And you say, I love you. He loves you too. When he starts to analyze your face, he will know he loves you. If you don't learn these things, when you are learning all these things, you are learning them as as now. I want to live. I want to live like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. What you are in essence doing, you are also learning to succeed in marriage. They have lied to us. And that's why each time they talked about something marriage, somebody will just cook up something and go and you see. Killed, gather many people. It's a sudden step to marriage. That's not how it works. We separate marriage and we separate the Christian life. And we think in some, some, some certain words, we say, take her out always. You take her out always. Man of God knew now, when you are back up with work, what's the time to take her out? We're not saying you will not take her out. But sometimes when work, the things and heat of life hit you. <laughs> this is the things they are not telling us. Is all these things is good. They treat us well. But even us, we are carrying our villages. We only do that one as a as a, I call it, it's not sincere. That's a hypocritical life. For me, I call it. Because you carry her out, you take her to all those eateries and return, and you are still shouting on her. You are a hypocrite. You carry her out, and you are just putting, and putting on social media anyhow. <laughs> you understand? You put all the why. You say, oh, we are in heaven. We are in paradise. And you return back. And you are not serving. You return back. You eat her at home. You are a hypocrite. Don't follow the world the way they do all this nonsense there. When you learn to be a, a believer God desires, you are learning to succeed in marriage. Go and read, if you read all these scriptures where, where Paul discusses marriage, Ephesians, Colossians, don't just isolate those parts that he talks about marriage. Start reading from behind. 
I wish you would just read it. We don't have time. But if you can read it, just go and read Colossians. If I don't go even far away, in Colossians chapter 3, for example, or Ephesians chapter 5, don't even go far. Just move some, some verses, just some verses ahead. You will see the things Paul was talking about. You understand? You will talk about give allowance. Forgive one another. You understand? Do good to one another. You understand? Carry one another body. And then after some time, then he will now speak. He now talk. What he has said to the married people is not different from what he has been speaking to the general principle. So don't be, don't be thinking that until they, they are not teaching us marriage. When they are teaching you the undiluted word of God, they are teaching you to succeed in marriage. So don't be carrying this mentality and they need to organize a, a get-together. And they need to organize a single, singles, what? What do they call it? Sing, whatever they call it, all these names of these days. A red carpet. <laughs> you see, all those things is not the issue first. Because the problem in marriage is a problem of sin. When you have dealt with the problem of sin, you have dealt with the problem of marriage. I don't want my life to continue like this. I don't want my life to continue like this. I know I am hot-tempered. You have to help me. No! I know I'm hot-tempered. I know I have lost in me. I know I have lost. I know, I, I know that it's difficult for me to forgive. You see, brother, you can't go with that. Don't be, already God is opening your eyes now. You just know now. You are a time bomb. You better, you, better, you better ask the Lord to help you. And say, Lord, I need you. I need you, oh God. I, I need you to help me, oh God. I must overcome this attitude. I know I'm, I'm a person that speaks anyhow. He said, just leave me, leave me. I will tell my mind. No, you don't tell your mind anyhow. You understand? You speak with grace. The Bible says, let your word be seasoned with grace. That's how the Bible says it. No, don't be anywhere. Me, the way it comes, that's how I give it. No, you are a time bomb. No! Can you ask the Lord to help you? When you are asking the Lord to help you in your Christian life, you are just asking the Lord to help you also in your marriage. When you are asking the Lord to succeed in your Christian life, invariably, in essence, you are saying, Lord, I want to succeed in my marriage. I want to succeed in my marriage. I want to succeed in my marriage. 